Cover Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Championship weekend is here. We have two very, very good games. I'm very excited to talk about them. And I think we are going to get an upset. I don't think it's going to be the chalk Super Bowl of uh, Ravens 49ers. And we will find out. We will find out what that pick might be. Um, yeah, we also had a couple coaching hires that all happened in the last 24 hours, and we'll talk about those in just a bit. Um, again, no background and no football book behind me stuck to the wall. It was too heavy. It fell down. Um, so yeah, that's where we are with the background update. Probably didn't really need to give an update. Um... Yeah, I guess let's just get right into kind of the coaching update. I guess another edition of the NFL Weekly Update. Um, Starting off with Chargers have... I mean, I already said this on the Wednesday show, but the Chargers have officially brought in Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Obviously, Harbaugh, a very, very good NFL and college football coach, uh brought back the Stanford program from essentially the dead, brought the Niners to a Super Bowl, multiple NFC championship games, left that, went to Michigan, and obviously ended his run at Michigan with a national championship there. Now he is back. He is back in the NFL, and I think this is a very exciting hire, and I think that every Chargers fan should be happy about this. Uh, I think it's a good hire. I think this is exactly what the Chargers need and this organization needs in general. Um, And it's very good. It's very good. However, there is a small part of me that thinks that this could be like a Phil Jackson going to the Knicks uh, type thing where he's going to come in, he's going to have full control, but it's just not going to work. And then... He might get disinterested with it, go back to college football. I don't know. Um, But again, I do think it's a very good hire. But I'm just saying, there's a small chance this is Phil Jackson Knicks-esque. He did call Justin Herbert the best quarterback in the NFL. He also called J.J. McCarthy the best quarterback in college. Um, Either way, good hire, good for Chargers fans. Hopefully... It turns into something that's meaningful for once. Um, Moving on, another coaching hire. Atlanta Falcons have made it official. They have hired Raheem Morris as their new head coach. The Rams defensive coordinator uh, has obviously done an excellent job over these last few years, and especially this year with the lack of talent that that defense did have. A lot of young players stepped up, and he is a big reason behind it. I think the players love him too. Uh, I think the NFL PA put out a thing of like, oh, who would you want to play for, like coordinator-wise? And I think that Morris was one of the top defensive guys. So I think this is a great hire. I think this is the hire that the Falcons needed to make for the culture. Because to be honest, 
I didn't see the fit with Bill Belichick and the Falcons. Obviously, Bill, GOAT coach, fantastic coach, still one of the best defensive minds in the game. But he wanted he wants control, and that's what he's had through his entire tenure in New England, for better and for worse. Um, and I don't think that this Falcons front office wanted to cede control to Bill. And I also think that he wanted to bring in Josh McDaniels and maybe Matt Patricia, who historically players do not like. And it's not the Patriot way if you're not on the Patriots. I think that that has been well established in the NFL with almost every single Belichick disciple. And I don't think that the Falcons wanted to do that. And I think that Terry Fontenot, the GM, was smart enough to be like, no, Bill's going to come in here and probably do a pretty good job, but he's not the future. Raheem Morris, he is the future. Um, I'm excited. I think that's a very good hire. I think it's better than what Belichick could, Belichick could have been. And I don't think there's a job out there for Bill anymore. Um, we talked about how the Seahawks job, I mean, they just let go of Pete Carroll, an older defensive guy who, again, fantastic coach, but why would you bring in Bill, who's two years younger than him? Like, that's not what you're trying to do. The Commanders, it's kind of the same thing as the Falcons. Why would you bring in Belichick when you know he's not going to be around for the long haul? And again, I would bring in Bill... If you give him a strictly, you're not bringing in Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia or people that you have had ties in New England with. We're not doing New England. We're doing our own thing. We're our own team. We're our own franchise. Um, I don't think that's it for Bill. I guess we'll see. Obviously, lots can still play out. But uh, Raheem Morris, congratulations. Uh, Next coaching Update, the Panthers have found their head coach in Dave Canales, the Bucks offensive coordinator, uh, first year as an offensive coordinator too, and he immediately got promoted. Um, he was with the Seahawks for a long time and obviously knows Dan Morgan, the new Panthers GM, with his time spent with the Seahawks there in their front office. Um, and Canales was part of the reason why Geno Smith kind of had that turnaround and had that fantastic year. And he did the same thing with Baker. Baker had the best year of his NFL career too. And putting Geno and Baker in like good NFL QB territory is something that was seemingly hard to do for a long time. I mean, Geno has been in the league for a decade now. Baker definitely less, but um, I think this is a good hire. I like Dave Canales, um, but I also think that this could be a David Tepper thing where they had Dave, uh, they, they had Baker Mayfield last year on their team, obviously, and couldn't make it work. He was terrible. They cut him, and he sees, well, Dave Canales, he got Baker Mayfield to work. He's a smart guy. Let's bring him in, bring him in here, and he can fix everything because he fixed Baker. Um, yeah. I don't, I guess we'll see. This is a very fast rise for Canales. I mean, he was the passing game coordinator for the Seahawks and then obviously the Bucks OC, but we'll see. 
Again, I like the higher, but this is more of a 50-50 coin flip higher than I think a lot of the other ones have been more slam dunks. But what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah, more hunches than anything. Canales can be great, and Morris and Harbaugh could also shit the bed. But um, I think Canales has the most to prove year one. I think that's fair. Um, and we have a mutually parting of ways. Vic Fangio and the Dolphins uh, are done. They're kaputs. Initial shock to this one was this sucks. Fangio made our defense look pretty good. I mean, we were starting Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram in the wild card, and the defense looked pretty good that first half. And they did look very good when healthy with Chubb, with Ramsey, with Holland. Uh, with Phillips, it like it, we had a very good defense, and so initial reaction was, "Oh, this sucks." Then I see Javon Holland, Canadian, one of my favorite Dolphins, post on his Instagram story, him holding rocks, going out to the street, and him kicking those rocks. Uh, essentially, I mean, if you picked up on that, uh, telling Vic Fangio to go kick rocks. I think a lot of these Dolphins guys did not like Fangio. I think Fangio was too old school for them compared to how Mike is with the offensive guys. Um, there is a... Uh, I don't know what week it was, but Jalen Ramsey in an interview was asked, oh, are you going to shadow their number one this week? And he seemed kind of pissed off that he was like, no, no, that's not in the game plan this week. And you could tell that he was like a little annoyed that he wouldn't be shadowing the one. And... Jalen Ramsey is a guy who should be shadowing the ones. I don't know how many times that Eli Apple was covering uh, C.D. Lamb or Stephon Diggs or Rishi Rice, whatever. Um, so I think that they grew thin. I think Fangio, whatever. I think he's probably going to go be the Eagles D.C. now. We'll see how that works. Um, and the name that got floated out there, for who could be the new defensive coordinator. Uh, Brandon Staley was immediately thrown out there. That hurts. That sucks. I I have been on the Brandon Staley hate train for quite some time. He had talented players on that defense for the Chargers, and he never had a top 20 defense in his entire coaching tenure with the Chargers. Um, doesn't instill a ton of confidence in me. However, the players seemed to like Staley. He was there for far too long for them to not really like him. He's a Fangio disciple, which means he runs the same type of scheme that Fangio does, which worked last year. And I also don't want our players to go into a third straight year of a new defense. Consistency would be good for the overall aspect of the team. So there are ways that I can talk myself into Brandon Staley. Am I going to like it? No. Am I going to be happy about it? Definitely not. But I can talk myself into it. Obviously, he got the head coaching job. He was embarrassed time after time after time after time after time after time after time. But this is a redemption arc potentially for him if he comes to the Dolphins. Now, again, just a rumor, but... If it happens, I can talk myself into Brandon Staley being the defensive coordinator somehow. Um, 
yeah, other names that got floated out there are linebackers coach. I think Anthony Campanelli is his name. The players seem to love him. He was a huge part of the hard knocks, uh, in-season hard knocks. Um, and he is a name that has been getting defensive coordinator uh, interviews this cycle. And maybe we do uh, an in-house hire. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think that we need, like, we need a defensive coordinator. In-house hires kind of scare me. I mean, we saw Brian Flores for his time in Miami not being able to build an offensive staff and just kind of promoting internally and having it not work. Mike McDaniel, now after Fangio, is on his third different defensive coordinator. No, this is his third year. So yeah, so technically he's going to be on his third defense coordinator now in his third year. Um, Not great. Not great, but it's the whole other half of being a head coach is the defensive side of the ball. Mike needs to focus on that this offseason, really get that higher right. And I'm sure that we will. I'm sure that we will. Um... A couple other notes uh, for to finish off, coach not coaching related, but uh, now former Pats receiver Kayshawn Boot has been arrested for underage gambling. Um, so apparently, when he was at LSU, he had a uh, where is it here? There it is. Um, so yeah, so he had an underage gambling account. He was placing bets, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, in the 13 months he had the account, he placed 8,900 bets. Um, I've seen different numbers thrown out, but apparently the account, he deposited roughly like 131,000, got all the way up to 500 and something thousand, and then he left with 50,000. And people are being like, oh, Kayshawn Boot, I can't believe he's such a good... Like, good gambler, give me his picks. He went up to 500000 It means he was really good. He did not take any of that money out. He lost all that money and got 50000 So technically, he lost 80000 on his account. Um, and he wasn't really secretive about that either. I'm kind of shocked it took uh, that long to find him. But his usernames were Boot 7 and Boot one So... Uh, very smart, Kayshawn Boot. Uh, I've said it many times, but NFL players are pound for pound the stupidest athletes on the planet. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Obviously, his time with the Patriots is more than likely done. Don't know how long the legal process will drag out, but uh, we shall see. And one more Dolphins note for... The weekly update. Tyreek Hill has announced or has filed for divorce per the Sun Sentinel down in Florida. And Tyreek was quickly to come on Twitter and be like, that's some bullshit. I've never filed for a divorce. And people were like, oh, that's awful from the Sun Sentinel. How could they like do that? Um, Tyreek not knowing that a lot of this information is on public record and with a couple quick searches, it was easy to see that Tyreek Hill has filed from divorce from his wife that he married three months ago now. Um, and and it's not just, oh, there's a different Tyreek Hill in Miami. No, there's a it's that Tyreek Hill because it's the same lawyer that he used for when he 
slap that guy on the docks for whatever the hell that happened for. But, uh, yeah, so Tyreek Hill getting caught in a lie. Very funny, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, Tyreek is getting a divorce after being married for three months and having three babies this year. Hell of a man he is. Hell of a football player. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, I guess let's get into the championship preview now. Two games on the docket here. Going to be a shorter episode. I'll try to give some picks, though, uh, as we go. Uh, Chiefs at Ravens. Ravens minus four. Total set at 44 and a half. Pat Mahomes plus four. Those are juicy odds. I kind of like them, but I don't think the Chiefs win this game. This is the Ravens' year. The Ravens are just flat out better, and they're better everywhere. Um, like Lamar needs to be completely shut down, which there is there is a chance. I think that the Chiefs have a linebacker in Willie Gay Jr. who has the speed to be able to spy Lamar. Obviously, it's very, very tough to spy Lamar. But this Chiefs defense should be up for the battle. I mean, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, Chris Jones, Karlaftis, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. Like, it's a good defense. It's a very good defense. And the reason I don't think it matters is because this Ravens defense is also fucking nasty. And I don't think that this Chiefs offense, again, it hasn't worked all year, but the whole Pat Mahomes in the playoffs and it just works and it might, it might just work. And this might be the tale or I mean, might be like every year where, ah, oh, this isn't the year for Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it just is because it's Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. This could be 10 years ago and I could be saying it's just it's Tom Brady and the Pats like this just happens even though every matchup and every sense in your brain says that no the Pats aren't the better team like what's happening here uh wild wild that Pat Mahomes six years starting into his career is talked about like that already but he should be he's fantastic um Ravens, though, should be getting Mark Andrews back in this one. That'll be a big jump. Uh, Gronk mentioned this week that having, like, a one-two punch at tight end is extremely hard to match up now that Isaiah likely has gotten into this offense and has kind of carved a role for himself. Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely, Zay Flowers, OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Lamar has the weapons. Um, the run game is just usually there. The offensive line for them usually carves the way. And I I like the Chiefs, and I'm not going to discount them, but that's kind of exactly what I'm doing is I'm discounting the Chiefs. Um, again, there's always a way. There's always a way, and the ways to stop Lamar. And I think we have seen that people can stop Lamar. It's very, very tough. But it happens where Mahomes has proven to just find ways to stay in playoff games. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely taking the Ravens' money line in this one. I think that this could be an under, under 44.5. Uh, 
again, if the Chiefs defense steps up, I think the Ravens defense is just going to be a hassle for the Chiefs all game. Um, Kyle Hamilton and Travis Kelsey, that's going to be a crazy matchup. Uh, He was kind of drafted as a tight end eraser, and he's done that. I mean, he's the best safety in football right now. There's going to be a lot of fun matchups. I think the Ravens should also be getting back Marlon Humphrey. And that's honestly, and that's something I was thinking about earlier in the week, where the four teams remaining right now, what do they all have in common? They're all healthy, or they're all relatively healthy as you can be at this point. Um, To my knowledge, other than Keaton Mitchell and like J.K. Dobbins and stuff, the Ravens don't have any major injuries. Uh, Same with the 49ers. Obviously, Debo is banged up right now, and 50-50 was the last thing I saw about him. The Chiefs, I don't think that they have any major injuries that we're concerned about. And the Lions, the Lions are banged up. Everyone is right now, but I don't think that they have any major injuries. And that's kind of, that is the big difference maker, is if you are healthy come playoff time, you have a much better shot against teams like the Dolphins, who were absolutely decimated, or the Browns, or the Bills in the NFC... Now, in now in the NFC, it didn't really matter. Those teams just kind of flat out stunk. But um, yeah, uh, I'm excited. Ravens Chiefs. I am in on the Ravens. Any props that I like in this one? Uh, not particularly, no. I feel like I don't have any strong leans about what's like which offensive side of the ball is going or who could have a big game. Uh, I guess I should probably bring up some betting lines because I'm talking about props and that's the smart thing to do. Cause I was thinking maybe Zay Flowers, cause with Mark Andrews back, uh, I do have Mark Andrews in a touchdown parlay cause I do think that Lamar now has his favorite red zone target back and should pay off. You would, uh, you would imagine Let's see what that Zay Flowers line is at. Uh, Over 41 and a half. I think I like that. I think I like that. Uh, Who knows if I'll take it at this point, because I'm not going to bet until game day. But um, usually I don't. Usually I bet like after the podcast is done. A little behind the scenes action here. But uh, yeah, I like Zay Flowers. Over 41 and a half yards, and I like Mark Andrews anytime touchdown. Um, and yeah, I like the Ravens. I keep saying that. And now on to the NFC Championship game, the Detroit Lions versus the San Francisco 49ers. Niners minus seven, total set of 51 and a half. I talked about one of these games being an upset, and I do think it's the Lions. I'm completely bought in. I am buying into the hype, I'm buying into the narrative, and I'm just buying into, and I, mean, I talked about it, the positive energy that just everyone is focusing on the Lions right now, and it's just such the Cinderella story, oh my god. And they are, they're running into a juggernaut in the Niners who looked beatable last week. Uh, and the big indicator of how this game is going to go to me is Debo Samuel playing. I'm sure that he will try to tough it out. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think this game will be a shootout. 
I don't think that the, again, for as good as the Niners' defense is, that defensive line and that front seven going against the best offensive line in football, uh, Panay Sewell is right up there with Trent Williams, in my opinion. Frank Ragnow, one of the best centers in the game. Taylor Decker, I mean, just long-time, solid, dependable tackle, always good. Uh, I think they got, like, Haloti Vitae and Jonah Jackson at guards who are just solid, but this is a very good offensive line going against Bosa and Chase Young and Hargrave and Armstead. That That is the matchup, and this game is going to be won in the trenches, and I am giving my edge to the Lions in this one. Because uh, even on the other side, it's Trent Williams and kind of a bunch of guys for the Niners, but they make it work going against a Lions defensive line and defense that has been getting pressure a lot of the time. Aaron Glenn has been in his bag recently. Again, this is going to be one of these matchups, and I'm very excited. I mean, the Niners defense versus the Lions offense, and this mighty Niners Shanahan offense versus kind of like the pesky Aaron Glenn Lions defense, who, since they've been getting their guys back, like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, like Aleem McNeil, they've kind of taken that jump that people thought that they could have at the start of the year before these injuries happened. Um... Yeah, I'm on the Lions, so I'm on Lions plus seven. I think I'm on the over in this one, too. I have to check the weather, because obviously we got a rainy, shitty game. I think Cam said it was supposed to be around, like, 20 degrees at kickoff, so that's very nice weather for this time of year. I mean, especially if you're fucking from where I'm from. Um, But, yeah, this... I'm on the Lions. I... I don't know if it's a good thing, but I I like the Lions in this one. Let's look at some props here. Uh, I think I took a Brandon Ayuk anytime touchdown. I think that he is kind of due. He's, obviously, this Lions secondary is still kind of shoddy, so uh, I think Ayuk needs to have a big game if the Niners need, or if the Niners do win this one. Uh He's minus 125 anytime TD, and he, what are his receiving yards? Over 81 and a half. Hmm. It's a high number, but again, I think that if the Niners need to win, they need to win through the air. Um, what about rush yards? How are we looking? CMC 86 and a half, Montgomery 43 and a half, Gibbs 47 and a half. One of Montgomery or Gibbs will hit above their total. I don't know who, but one of them will. Um, yeah, do I have... No, I think these are... I don't know. I'm excited. I think all of these teams are very evenly matched. I think that the Niners are definitely getting the benefit of the doubt, which they should. They kicked everyone's ass this year except for the 49ers, and obviously they went on that three-game skid when people were hurt. But they went on that three-game skid when Debo was hurt, and they won last week, but they eked out a win last week versus the, Pan or versus the Packers, and I think that this Lions team is much better than that Packers team. Oh, I should have mentioned Packers fired... Uh, 
their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, he couldn't save it after his uh, bit of like a good playoff run that he had. But I mean, that's what happens when you give up 30 plus points to the Panthers and almost lose that one. Uh, so great for the Packers, honestly, and we'll see who goes there for defensive coordinator. But um, yeah, does Jerry Goff make it to his second Super Bowl or does Brock Purdy make his first technically? Uh, I guess we will see. And playoff Shanahan, let's see if he can finally win the big one eventually. Um, but I think that'll do it. I do have to end this one a tad earlier because I am scheduled to work at 5 in the morning, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, this was a good episode. And if you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.